When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode lucky number 13 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always, and always and forever, by my main man, Willie Saylor. Always and forever. uh, It's it's going to be a good one. Uh, We got a huge, one of the bigger weekends coming up. Isn't that that how you like to start your day? Yeah, this is how I like to start my day. It's, it's, It's good. It's a good way to start today, get a little breakfast. And sit down and get to do this show. It's uh, my days are always better when I get to do this with you, Willie. So uh, I'm glad we're here. And um, kind of had to do a little change, <laughs> change of plans, because um, we well we kind of left you in change lo- it up. We had to, we left it in limbo last time because we were like, well, are we gonna be able to do it Thursday? But plot twist, um, there's snow coming to Virginia, so you know I'm not gonna get into that. But Travel will be negatively. Shut it down. You should shut the whole state down. They may lock the borders down if I don't get out of here by tonight. So I'm leaving tonight to get to Pennsylvania before martial law is declared and everyone has to stay indoors because we're going to get three inches of snow. Okay? Because um, that, that's a possibility, and I am not going to let anything keep me from EIWAs, not even Mother Nature herself. So I'm going to be there. I'm leaving this afternoon-ish. Getting up there to Allentown, PA, the luxurious Red Roof Inn. Um, <laughs> so. so, I mean, <clears throat> the show is typically scheduled for Mondays and Thursdays, although, you know, there's always schedule changes and, and you know, you can't keep us caged. Sometimes yeah. we just have to we, switch it up a little bit. We got to do it twice a week, man. We got to figure out a way to get it twice a week. If that means having it on a different day, we need you guys to be flexible because we have to bring heat now. Twice you have to work with us. Twice a week. you got to work with us. We'll work with you. We'll try to keep delivering. Your response has been awesome. Um, every week is listened to more than the week before, and that's that means we must be doing something right, Willie. They call that traction. Traction. So every morning on the way into work, I listen to uh, sports radio, and 
the, on the past three days, all they've been talking about uh, is the NBA season and people getting hurt and people missing games and looking up old stats and uh, even, you know, the Michael Jordan era Bulls weren't that long ago. Um, but they looked up stats and that team, every guy on the team played 80, 81, 82 games, which if you don't know basketball, that's every game yeah. of the season. And they did it for like a decade. All of them, <laughs> all five starters played every game for a decade. And now they have players sitting out, Greg Popovich, uh, who's largely considered one of the best coaches in the league, won all these titles with San Antonio Spurs. Sometimes he'll set his whole team, uh, most of his starters and stars. And um, the big question is preventative maintenance. Um, and are we seeing that? I guess, you know, you've seen in baseball, they've, they've went uh, – uh, there was a time when it used to be a three-man rotation, then a four-man uh, starting pitching rotation. Now it's the status quo is five-man pitching rotation uh, because athletes get hurt. So I guess what my question is, and we're seeing guys sit out duels. There's a lot of frustration. I'm going to tune into this duel. I'm going to drive, and I'm going to go to this duel. And then three of the biggest superstars are out, or or maybe not three, but you know one or two, and, and you don't get the yeah. – you don't get the matchups that you want. And um, me and Christian, obviously, we're prepping for the show and we're talking and, and we're thinking, is this a new, a newer phenomenon? And, and, and do wrestlers sit out more now and the coaches make the decision to, to sit wrestlers out more now than they did in the past? And what, if they do or they don't, what do you think about it? Yeah. Um, well, with – it's interesting with basketball that uh, I, I get why it's done in basketball. I get why it's done in every sport. It, it makes sense. Um, I don't have an explanation for what, how guys were able to play 82 games so regularly, and now um, it's such a rarity. You know, LeBron James, one of the most physically gifted athletes I've ever seen, even he's taken a week here and there to get his body right. Now, he hasn't always done that, but that's something he's done as his bodies uh, began to age. And and with wrestling to, to – I can't speak to, is this really new? Uh, all I know is since I've been watching and really following closely, closely, um, I, I feel like this, this kind of happens and has happened. And uh, Right, so maybe, you know, <clears throat> um, we, we don't remember duels in the 70s. You know? Right, right. And even the 80s were... Even the 90s for uh, me, I don't... You know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm wrestling, you know, in high school at that time, and... Uh, I wasn't as dialed into college wrestling as I am now, but I, I know in recent history, it seems like this has increased the number of duels that uh, guys sit out and the rest times and all of that. Um, so maybe you guys that are listening, um, maybe you could chime in and say, yeah, you know, they've always um, sat a starter here and there and, and for a, maybe for a minor injury, you know, they held them out just for, uh, caution, cautionary reasons, and and uh, or or no, they haven't. The guys go and and they always they always went. They sucked it up and they went. Now I know <clears throat> a completely different level, right? Completely different level. But I know that in all right. Let me tell you a little anecdote. In the '90s, sometime I, I'm a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I go to a duel 
at Penn State, Penn State Iowa at Rec Hall. And it was really like, at that point, I had really first started knowing the stars in college. And um, I was really looking forward to certain matchups, and, and I don't recall what the matchups were. Um, and I went with my assistant coach and good friend, uh, like a second father to me, Barry Snyder, uh, Brian Snyder's father. Um, and he was, he was, Barry Snyder was actually the head coach of Lafayette division one wrestling before the, the program was dropped. Right. So he had a very good knowledge of, of college wrestling. And so we go to the duel and, um, the lineups come out and I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Snyder, is this duel, is this duel not important? Like are, 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 are duels in college not important? And he's like. Yeah, they're important. What do you What do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, this guy's not wrestling, and this guy's not wrestling, and this guy's not wrestling. So, are they just not that important in college? Like, don't they matter? And he's like, no, they they really matter. They just must be hurt. And <clears throat> Barry was Barry Snyder was also the captain of 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 Penn State wrestling years before that. So you know, he he's a knowledgeable guy. And um, so me for my um, maybe my first really big time college duel where I was I was aware of the lineups and and had expectations going in um to me it it, it felt like it felt like this it wasn't taken seriously like uh, our mindset even in high school was like you would never sit out a duel never ever for any reason like if you missed a match if you missed a practice that was like I don't know unconscionable um but you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm was naive and am naive. Well, um, I I think there's differences with, with our sport. For me, I think it's more acceptable to sit guys in wrestling than um, in basketball. Because in a basketball game, you, you can you play can take them out. You could play them 10, 15 minutes. You know, uh, let the fans see them. Whatever. If you're out there on the mat, you are out there till it's over for 15 minutes potentially, and Combine that with the fact that you have to make weight as well. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, get, yeah, I get it too. I I get it more in wrestling, and also there's a lot of events. You know, they have to do this so many times, and there's so much. I mean, okay, let's look at the Big Ten seeds as, as an example. There is value in missing time. It is not punished in the seeding sense. And well, all, well, we'll get every, to that in a little bit. But no, but it's it's a part of this because. You're not punished really for missing time. There's nothing really bad that can happen for missing time. There's no negative repercussions. Jesse Delgado hasn't faced meaningful competition in the Big Ten whatsoever, and he's the two seed. Hunter Steber um, wrestled three matches this year, and he's the the three seed. So right. there's not uh, enough negative repercussions for this to to really hold the coaches to the to the fire to make them. Now, Have yeah, guys come I will out. say in other sports, perhaps, perhaps with the exception of pitchers, um, who take so much stress on the shoulder and the elbow and, yeah. and everything else, the ligaments. But in every in every other sport, in every other situation, you can pull guys, you can you can play them a little bit, and like you said, there's a million, there's a myriad of factors um, when it comes to wrestling which makes it more difficult and probably more beneficial to sit your guys. First, you have to make weight. You have to be in seven-minute shape. You know, you can't 
wrestle half a match um, and then put in a backup. Um, and you got to be ready to go because anyone, I mean, you're not going to, there's no softballs at, at D1. You know, it's everyone can freaking wrestle. There's only 77 and, teams you know, or let, however many there are. So everyone's good. Uh, and, and let's let's be honest. I'm you know, you don't want to be the wrestling guy, the wrestling hero that pounds his chest and says wrestling is so much harder than every other sport. But it is. When you're out there, you're using every muscle of your body. You're using cardio. Um, you know, it's not like playing first base. Where? Oh my gosh. Y- you know what I mean? How do baseball players get hurt? L- literally running. They they run ninety feet, and they're. They act like a sniper takes out their hamstring. They can't even run. It's it is embarrassing how much baseball players get hurt. It's it's. I mean, they have like. Yeah, I just. I mean, it's not the same, right? It's not the same. Oh my gosh, baseball. Well, a wrestler sat out a match. Well, this uh, shortstop didn't play today. Well, it's not the same. Yeah, uh, there's. It's much more difficult to wrestle. Lower body much, soreness. Much more. Much more uh, physically strenuous. Um, so, so that's that's an interesting thing uh, for me that uh, you know I hear on the radio the past couple of days are making such a big deal about it and they're uh, talking about maybe should they um, stretch the season out so there's less back-to-back games and this and that and and so you know me and Christian hear these things and we kind of parallel it to wrestling. Yeah, and um, I'm sorry, but fans, uh, coaches, everyone realizes, and we only put a premium. On the end of the season, that's the same way at the NBA. LeBron James, they're, they're how many times were the Cavs the number one seed? And because he didn't win a title, they were chokers. Okay, and same thing at NCAs. I don't care how well you do um, in the regular season, if you fall apart at the NCAA tournament, you get labeled a choker. Your season was a failure, even though it shouldn't be that way. Even though that's wrong, that is where the schools, the the departments. That's what they put a premium on. So the coaches, seeing that, knowing that, they're going to make sure they have um, you know, the broad view, and they're going to look at the big picture always. And the big picture always involves being ready for, for conferences and NCAA. So I'll never fault them for doing it, even though it doesn't make uh, things as you know, ideal for, for the viewing experience, if that makes sense. You feel yeah. Me? You feel me on that? I feel you. I, I, I. We're moving along. Did you say your piece there? I said my piece. Okay. What's, what's next for you, Christian So Paul? I just want to make a clarifying statement. Um, so when you talk for two hours a week, kind of off the cuff like we do, we are very, we're not really scripted. We have an idea what we're going to talk about and we're going to go. So I made a comment that got kind of maybe a little taken out of context, but I do own what I said about um, we were talking about the Big Twelve, Big Ten, one thirty-three, and they had twelve. And I made you a, didn't take you didn't you didn't own what you said to Matt McDonough. <laughs> That's a pretty different story. Um, and yes, I did. I, I was willing to acknowledge. Uh, I'm just busting your chops. So what I'm saying is um, I, we were talking about how amazing the Big Ten 133 is. They have 12 qualifiers. And I just kind of said the Pac-12 shouldn't get any. And, you know, because they, they don't really have a ranked guy. They didn't have anything. I just kind of said it because Pac-12 was in my mind. It's not a great weight for that conference. Jack Hathaway, who won 133, he belongs. He's an NCAA qualifier. He's had a, an, a fine enough season to qualify. My point was um, that I was trying to make and uh, to a degree failed to make was uh, the so what if 12 guys go from the Big Ten? There are some conferences and not the Pac-12 in this, that don't deserve any, but they're going to get one. That was my I ma- think, main you know point. What? Right. I know that you're just throwing this – Throwing this out to clarify, and not to beat a dead horse, 
Um, <clears throat> but I think, you, I mean, you win your conference, you should be in. I don't care. You know, they say they, I, there's only uh, four teams in the Big 12. I don't care. You win your conference, you should get in. It's just, it should be an automatic thing. Just like, and I know you disagree with it, uh, Atlanta wins the NFC South, they should get in. I don't care. They won their conference. I ain't going. I don't, I don't care if they're one in twelve coming into the duel. I was I was re-listening to our discussion because uh, I sometimes re-listen to our shows, and I got mad at you all over again, Willie. So I don't want to go there again because <laughs> you're my boy, and I I don't want to do that because. Uh, yeah. I just think you know before. <laughs> you're gonna before, get me mad. I don't know. You win your conference, you should be in. You know, you you have you have the landscape uh, painted out before you, and and. You know what you got to do. You win your conference, you should be in. I don't care. I don't care if it's a two-team conference. <laughs> well, there's no such thing, but okay. Um, so that's that's it. Do you want to go on to Big Ten now, a little Big Ten talk here? Uh, well, I want to go on to <clears> – yeah. I would like – because I, I think, I think uh, a lot of people – and I think this happens every year. And, but more recently, though, more recently – but I think every year the consensus is that the Big Ten is dominant and just so vastly superior. And, I mean, hey, listen, they're the best conference in the country by far, right? But what I'm, what I'm getting, you know, here at Flow, you try to plan for your events and you talk and you say, um, okay – um, Kyle Bradkey, you're doing this. Ryan Holmes, you're doing this. Vinny Barber, can you do this? And, and Christian, what's our plan? Um, what's our wh- what content are we going to roll out? What are we going to write? What are we going to shoot? Um, and in talking about all these previews, um, uh, all these conference tournaments, um, even from our own guys who are knowledgeable about wrestling, um, I think all of them say, well, there's not much going on. At- this particular weight in this particular conference, and there's not much to talk about here. And uh, this is just it isn't very good. And even us uh, last show said the Pac-12 is really down this year. Um, and so what I'm getting at is, it seems like everybody just wants to talk about Big Tens. So my question to you is: Is Big Ten more dominant than ever? I have an answer to this, and but I'm posing it to you: Is the Big Ten more dominant than ever? Um. Yeah, potentially so. Um, and not at 184 where they don't have one guy ranked in the top eight. But uh, in general, and I've been saying this this year, this is a down year for the field uh, in general. It's just it's not deep. And I, I know this because I've ranked for a couple of years now, and I know what it's been, and I know what it is right now. So I know at least compared to the last couple of years and what it is, the fields are down, okay, across the board in my opinion, except with a few exceptions. And one of those exceptions is the the Big Ten has maintained. So by maintaining, um, I guess what I'm saying is by the Big Ten maintaining its excellence, not necessarily becoming more excellent, and the subtle decrease across the other conferences, it appears to be more comp- more dominant than ever. So I will say that. I will say, and you can say what you want. You can call me a homer. I don't care. The ACC is up. Okay. The ACC is better. I don't think. The EIWAs are quite as good as they have been. The Big 12, I don't know what to make of it anymore. Um, just with four teams, uh, I'll be glad when they kind of join another conference. All right, well, here, <clears throat> here's the litmus test, and here's why I think it's um, it's overstated and, and, and mis, misapplied. Um, 
so you're saying EIWAs are down, Pac-12s down, Big 12s down, Westerns are down, uh, Big 10s more dominant than ever, ACCs are up. <clears throat> I think that you and everybody else is, uh, you guys are looking through dual meat blinders. Um, you can't, you're coming off, you're coming off a dual meat season where this team. Oh, give me strength. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Right, here's the, here's the bottom line. Will Big Ten have more All-Americans than ever this year? Will, a will ACCs have dramatically more All-Americans this year? Definitely possible for the ACC. I don't know about the Big Ten because I don't know what the most they've definitely ever had is. If you're saying to me definitely possible, then you're not saying that it's abundantly clear that they're up. Like, oh, like it's, abundantly, it's abundantly clear, but things... It is? Things can happen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The ACC, I mean, do you want you want a little history lesson with Mr. Come Piles? On. All right. Bring it. 2000, well, and this is projecting to a degree. We have what happened at NCAAs, and we have what can potentially happen. You know, in 2008, they had two. 2009, five All-Americans. 2010, four. 11, four. 12, three. Last year, they had seven, so they've been improving. This year, okay. they have 11 guys ranked in the top eight. Many of them ranked extremely high. Devin Carter, Joey Dance, Nick Gwizdowski, Max Thomas Sight. They have, it's not guys on the seventh, eighth. It's guys, they have national title contenders. Nick Salzer um, has been ranked second much of the year. Um, and, and in addition to a host of, of other really solid fifth, well, sixth. Okay, that's that's guys. solid data. That's, that's shut me up a little bit. However, um, you know, that uptick last year, I mean, they got Pitt, you know. Well, so, not not last year. Oh yeah, last well, year. Last year was the first year. Yes. Yes, they got Pitt. So I mean, which was, that. which had, um, how many All Americans last year? Maybe Z Wilps. I think they had one. I don't know. They but they got they, they got Pitt. U uh, UVA and they and lost Maryland, who had been in the mix for a title the last couple of years, had won ACC titles. So okay, how many All Americans did? So, so they had Sheptog. Sheptock, which placed a lot okay. higher than Wilps. Okay. Uh, UVA is up. Virginia Tech's up. No dispute in that. NC State. NC um, State, I, I'm on record as saying I love what they're doing. I think they're, I think they're doing an amazing job. Frank Beasley is my homeboy. Uh, love that guy. And the, the, the talent in that room is amazing. The coaching is is. Spectacular! You can see these guys improve. There's guys on their team that I never thought coming out of high school would do as well as they're as they're doing and fight as hard as they are. However, what's their what's their um, projected AA? They have one. One. It's a right. it's a freaking big one. A national champion. There's ten of them in the country, and Gwizdowski winning one. And there's you're seeing. So now you're you're. You're making no. the only thing that that is strength, um, all American finishes, which I get, which I just made that exact same case. But the the well, you can't say you can't say that um, when when you're telling me that there's nothing, there's not much to talk about here. There's not much to talk about there. You can't you can't say there's not much to talk about there, and then and then cite solid guys, finger quote solid guys. As, as 
the conference being up. Because if the con if you're citing solid guys, then there is things to talk about. There are things to talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm telling you, the ACC's up. I'm saying there are things, I, but for, it's not as true in other conferences. There's not a who's going to win. There's uh, isolated, really, really tough ones. But across the board, you know, even six tough weights are, are kind of hard to come by. You got your favorite, and then you've got a, a pretty substantial drop off in a lot of these conferences. That's my my point. And I think the ACC's is, uh, you know, a little bit tougher, and they have that ups the. Not seventh, eighth placers. They have the one, two, three, four potential placer guys that are um, pr pretty frequent there. So I, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, ACC's up, no doubt. Thank, um, you. Thank you. ACC's up, no doubt. But I don't think they're up to the extent that you know you're going to start overlooking EIWAs and and Max. Well, and EIWAs has like twenty six teams in it. ACC's has like what? seven or eight. I'm, well, that. That matters. I mean, if you have that many teams. Um, okay, I, I so um, uh, uh, this is sort of a backdrop, a, a preface to what we're going to do now. And we're going to go on to talking about um, the best conference brackets or conference brackets. And Let me say one more thing. Let me say what? one more thing. ACC last year, every team had an All-American. Moving on. How many teams in the ACC, Christian? I don't know, seven or eight. I don't All right. Know. Um, so let's talk about the best conference brackets. We, you know, we're we're talking about the overall quality uh, of the of the of the conferences. Uh, let's talk about the best brackets. I mean, big. They don't get more uh, other than NCAA's. It's not a bigger weekend than this. No, not not even close. Um, for me. Uh, Big Ten 133 is silly. Um, not just because it's 12 guys, but the the talent is ridiculous. I mean, Rossi Bruno is an 8 seed. This guy made the finals of Vegas and the Scuffle, uh, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Vegas and Scuffle finalist, and he's a, he's an 8 seed. It's, it's a really, really, really tough weight, um, and one that has just huge national implications. And I, I'm sorry – Chris Dardanes is the favorite, but you can't feel about good about picking anyone here. You can't go in and, and feel su supremely confident in anyone. I'm pretty. Guys. I don't know, man. I'm pretty confident in Dardanes. Why? I don't know. I mean, I do, I do like. like draw. I do like. Uh, I don't know. I guess I like Taylor. I guess I like Gulliban. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy for me is. I, I've been high on it. I was really high on him last year. And you're saying saying you like Dardane's draw, but Dardane's going to get the winner of Montoya and Bruno. Oh, I am worried about that. I'm not worried. Uh, he's he's going to take care of business there. I've seen. You just said you just said Bruno was awesome. Br yeah, he made the finals of Vegas, and guess who he lost to convincingly? Chris Dardane's. I'm saying it's very deep, but Bruno ain't on Dardane's level. Period. End of end of story. And <laughs> is is Ryan Taylor? Who is who is Taylor Gulliban? Taylor? Here's, here's the seeds. Dardanes, Taylor, Goulibon, DeJulius, Clark, Richards. Here's who I could see knocking off Dardanes. Who has that potential? Ryan Taylor, obviously. Jimmy Goulibon was right there. Uh, bad matchup with Clark. I don't think Clark can hang with him. I don't think DeJulius can. Zane Richards obviously can. He had him on the ropes, and then he got taken down six times in one period. Um, so those are the three guys that I think pose a threat to Chris. Now, Taylor and Goulibon, he wouldn't see till the finals, one of those. 
So they're out. And Zane Richards would be bottom side too. So that's what I'm saying. I like his draw in the semi. DeJulius or Clark, love his draw there. I think he beats either of those guys. Clark, I don't know how he gets to his legs and finishes, honestly. And um, I think Dardanes is just a little bit better. So maybe I'm saying this super deep weight, but Dardanes is probably going to make the finals. And then if he makes the finals, maybe you do favor him. So maybe that's a little bit of a flip-flop. But um, I don't know. You know, it's tough. It's tough with Dardanes. I just, um, I just don't think he's that separated from the field. You know what I mean? He's, I, you know, maybe he's who, – but who is? I mean, Logan. there's not many guys that are. There's not many guys that are separated from the field, and I feel like he's – I feel like he is separated a little bit. I mean, as much as you can be if you're not named uh, Ed Ruth. Who do I feel more confident in? Let me look here. I feel more confident in Logan. I feel more confident in Bo Jordan. I feel more confident in Snyder. Yeah, so not very many, and even those are maybe a stretch. So yeah, so yeah, good good point there. Um, that I mean, now in in saying that, if Dardanes loses, is it earth shattering? No, that's kind no, of that's, you know, yeah. it's not it's not it's not earth shattering if a, as earth shattering if Steber would lose or Ed Ruth lost or whatever. Um, I'll say, but I do like him. I think let's be clear, one thirty three, Big Tens. I think is the deepest. Biggest badass bracket in the country, um, but I, I still like I still like Dardanes. Yeah, that's and, and I agree. And I'll say this: I'll say this. This weekend, something a heck of a lot crazier than Chris Dardanes losing is going to happen. Oh, for sure. Something so crazy is, is going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what, but something for sure. Oh my and, you gosh. Know, that's what makes it cool. It's like you cannot predict some of this stuff. Don't act like you knew. Because there's no. going to be something that happens that nobody knew was going to happen. And oh, yeah. And people are going to say, I knew it. Told you, man. Yep. Told you, man. Knew it. He's a choker. Dorks. <laughs> he didn't know. I'll tell you right now, if Willie and I didn't know, nobody knows. That's called a humble brag. That's not humble. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> we don't know everything. I just wanted to say that. Um, so, yeah, 33 for me. How do you see that Taylor Goulibon potential semi going down? I, I can't. Right, well, my gosh, what's what's your be. what's your assessment of Zane Richards? Because Goulibon will have Zane Richards in quarters. Um, oh, that's kind of that's, that's a tough match. Freaking you know? dicey. Um, daggone. That's okay. See, that's a quarter. As as the precedes were um, came out, these would be the projected quarters. Uh, well, you have the Julius Clark. Mm-hmm. To get to Dardanes. And then you would have um, Gulaban Richards to get to uh, Taylor. If he beats Sabatello, which he, who he's already beaten, I believe. Um, yeah. So that's the quarter. I mean, I, I think Clark beats DeJulius even though he's seated higher and DeJulius beat him earlier this year. I think I think he's ready. And I don't know. Johnny, yeah. That's that's how I feel about that one. Um, gosh, Richards Gulaban. That's nasty. That's nasty. I, man, I like Jimmy. Uh, I, these are so two. These are two Gula- guys I've been kind of irrationally high on for some time now. So this is kind of like. Who nice. have you been irrationally high on? Zane. You know, I always hype up Zane Richards to you. You. you so does so does Nick. Nick loves Zane oh my, Richards. Dude, he's so. I don't know how you don't watch him. His leg attacks are so crisp. Who doesn't watch him? No, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying you don't watch him. But I've been like oohing and on, and you 
you're not down on Zane Richards, but you you cool my jets a little bit on him. And I'm like, man, is it just me? But Nick Nick, Nick has a man he has man crushes on Zane Richards and Corey Clark. He Nick loves Corey Clark. Really? Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have anything against him, but he doesn't. He doesn't. So how about this road though? For Gulaban to win, uh, oh gosh, he has to go. Zane Richards, Ryan Taylor, Chris Dardanes. Oh my gosh. If he does that, is he the number one guy in the country just like that? I mean, I don't know. Why not, right? Why not? Why not? So okay. that's the that's the biggest, baddest bracket in the land, my friends. Yeah, and hey, uh, if you got one better, people out there, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I know I know where you youths hang out and, and put out opinions. So tweet at Willie at Flow or at C Piles 8. What's a better bracket than that one? I mean, humor me. Humor me here. Okay, so that is – oh, and back to back to our conversation the other day um, about having to win a match. They're, these guys are all allocated. You don't have to win. You just have to weigh in. Good, good. That's Yeah, they, good. They deserve that. They earned that by being awesome all year. Maybe. Maybe. I see your point, but – They've been doing it for, awesome since November, man. Since November. I see your point. Somebody the other day when I was making that thing, when I was making my point about you, ha- you should have to do something at conferences, somebody tweeted at me, Willie, what are you smoking? You know? But uh, so maybe I'm off a little bit. It, they have proven it. The reason, they ha- the reason they're allocated is because of the body of work uh, throughout the season. How, I, however, something just doesn't sit right with me when you could – Mail it in at conferences and still qualify. Mail it in. All right. Uh, let's not even go down this road again. Why? For your safety. Because you're driving me crazy with this. They've been good for a year. I understood. One bad weekend. And all things, if all things are equal in the conference landscape, it would be one thing. But it's such rampant disparity in, in conference strength that it, it makes it even more preposterous. I know. I, I know. Can, but you at don't least, know. At least humor me. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I mean, you could go 0 and 4 and still qualify. Like, it's you don't no, that nothing about that. Nothing about that just kind of makes you turn your head. Like, hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not just saying this, Willie. I'm not just saying it. Nothing about it bothers me at all. <laughs> I'm not just saying that, Willie. Nothing about it bothers me. I, I, right. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It's just we are uh, just diametrically opposed there. All right, so we crushed 133 Big Tens. Smash. Other conference brackets that you just love? Mm. Well, I think there's something to be said for Big 12 165, considering uh, it's a four-team bracket and it has the number one and number two guys in the country in Daringer and Marino. Sure. Um, it's not as intriguing because— uh, Marino, who did Marino beat to get to the two? Um, well, he's just kind of been really good for a while. I mean, he's beaten. Um, I don't know why he put me on the spot right here. I should know this because I do the rankings, but I, 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 don't, I don't know, buddy. He's been uh, he's been good for a long time. Well, Solzer got beat, right? Solzer lost to Ethan Ramos. Bo Jordan is undefeated. So everyone, okay, let me talk about this. Everyone's freaking out about where I have Bo Jordan ranked. And first of all, 
I love Bo Jordan. It, Willie, you can confirm my 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 love for the Jordan family and how awesome uh, I think Bo Jordan is. It's it's ridiculous. It's undying. It's undying. Okay, I can't put him higher than four. He's beaten one guy of note. Uh, well, two. He's beaten Nick Moore, who's been uh, not himself this year, and he's beaten Taylor Massa. I I can't have him pass someone like Marino or Solzer just because he's undefeated. He's like fourteen and zero. He missed so much time. Um, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I don't think he's earned a spot. Even though Nick Salzer has that loss to Ramos, he still has wins over guys like, um, you know, Walsh and uh, et cetera. So for, for that reason, as much as I like Bo Jordan, and he could be the number two guy right after this weekend. It's up to him. Yeah, if he wins I mean, Big Tens, he's probably number two. I don't, I don't have any disagreement with where you have Bo. I mean, could you have him higher? Maybe, but why? I mean, we'll we'll find out this weekend, right? And I don't like to say that, like, "Hey, we'll all well if it'll we'll all find no, out." I, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. I don't like to say that either, but but uh, I, I said it too. I'm saying I said that, and um, I, I don't really rank with that in mind. Like, well, NCAs will find out anyway, so don't complain. Um, I don't really feel that's that. not the point. But yeah, I know what you right. mean. Um, I don't think it's egregious so, where I have him. And so 165 in the Big Ten, Big, Big 12, Twelve. You like that? I like that um, one. And then you also like ACCs at 74. Love it. Been talking ACCs for a while. Won't stop. Love affair. Won't stop. Can't stop. Epperly Wilps Butler. They had a they had a little Was that Taylor Swift? Oh, I don't know. You tell that me. That was a Taylor Swift reference. You uh, and you didn't even know it. Can't Kyle stop. Bradkey knows it. Kyle Bradkey knows every Taylor Swift lyric ever. It's oh pathetic. God. Oh my gosh. He must have a boo that listens to T-Swift a lot. Um, I did see a funny Vine of her. Have you seen that LeBron James kid? That Vine, LeBron James? No. Oh, my. I'll show you that afterwards. Sorry. We're getting distracted. Epperly, Wilps, and Butler. Butler beats um, Epperly. Epperly beats Wilps. Wilps beats Butler. It's the classic love triangle of hate. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to play out. Part of me... Um, feels like Butler's got the most, but I currently have him ranked behind uh, both those guys. So I don't know. You know I like Blaze Butler. I like Epperly. Like Wilp. So. Love Blaze Butler. Who do you love more, Blaze Butler or the Jordan family? Don't why, why are you asking me to choose which? That's why don't you ask me which child I love more, Caleb or Natalie? Because that's basically <laughs> what you're doing. Why would you put me in that position? You I don't love even... Lizzie Blaze Butler. <laughs> He's awesome. And your pillows have Jordan wrestling camps embroidered on them. JT. JT. That's the first thing I see when I wake up in the morning, that little that little JT uh, like they have on the knee pad. So, yeah, I love 74 at ACC's. Um, Going to be huge. That's the seven, the six, seven, eight ranked guys in the country, but all those guys have wins over top four guys um, except Wilbs. So I think it's um, – I think that's a good one. I told you I like that one. Give me one, Willie. You got anything else? Um, There's some good ones out there. The best – now, we have a whole separate category, um, the most interesting brackets. Not mm-hmm. – not maybe perhaps not the best, but the last of the quote-unquote best that we've identified is EIWA 184. Oh, yeah. With Dean and Lorenzo Thomas and uh, Nate Dog. And, I mean, this guy's – Oh, Ophir. Ophir's an All-American, but, man, he is – What's been... your take on Ophir, man? He, at one time, I'll was t- just – I'll my take. Uh – the Jewish juggernaut, I call them. Uh, I think uh, I think he's, uh, to be frank, Joe LeBlanc's not there. 
I mean, that was his guy he trained with every day. I mean, you get to roll with someone like that every day. It's going to get you ready. Uh, Joe's gone, and that hurts, you know? Um, that's that's my – I think that – I mean, in at a school like Brown where it's so hard to get guys in, you're not going to have the, the maybe the room depth necessary. You, you need a good coach in there to push someone like Ophir, and I just don't know if he's having that. Maybe it's a – maybe that's not it at all. But that's – when you look at the variables, well, what changed? Right, sure. That's the only that's, thing – That's the thing you could identify. Yeah, I mean – Heck, he's been really, really good for a long time, um, and this season just down, 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 down. Um, unranked returning All-American, one of a few. He's a senior, so I don't know. He's probably got some. Name some others. Do you know off the top of your head? Well, returning returning All-Americans that are unranked. Mitch, your boy Mitch Minotti was flirting with it. He was trying to be unranked, and then. But he's not no more. He's not no more. Um, your boy Demas. He did. He beat Josh. Josh is struggling. Um, not been what he was earlier. Man, how you throw Minotti under the bus like that? How? I didn't throw him. He threw himself. It was self-inflicted. No, so he beats Demas, and your comment is, Demas is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I mean, uh, I'm just looking at my last column. He hasn't had a, a relevant win since he beat Kelly. Um, and then he he's lost to Alton, who's on the bench. He lost to Murphy. Lost to Parati. Uh, lost to Ness, which is is fine. I mean, he just hadn't, hadn't done much this year. I'm sorry. His best win all year is Brian Murphy, and then he lost to him. So I don't. What do you got there? You have a struggling Josh Demas. I keeps it real. Okay? Struggling, but what? He's like seventh in the country or something, he's, right? He's tenth, and that's an indictment again. He was seventh when Minotti beat him. I that's think. that's an indictment of uh, he was ninth, and um, like I was trying to say, that's an. Indictment. He also beat your boy Lavalley. Uh, he, that is not my boy. Joey Lavalley is not my boy, but he's good. He's got some nice wins. He's kind of sneakily uh, climbed up with some pretty solid performances. But then he'll lose. Like, he beats um, – All right. He beat Pat. Okay, so that, that kind of plays in. Yeah, so I'm about we to hit, nerd out. I got to stop. Thank you. Yeah, you're, ner- you're, just, you're just going. Uh, so that was, that was our best conference brackets, uh, what we identified as the best, uh, deepest conference brackets. Mm-hmm. Big 10, 133. Big 12, 165. And let ACC, me say this. Let me 174 and EIWA 184. Now we're going to move on to on. what we identified as most Willie. interesting. But first, Christian Willie. has a point that he wants to make like a barking dog. What? what? Why can't you? I stopped for you. You need to learn to pump the brakes, bro. Um, we said those were the best brackets, but we could have named like eight other Big Ten brackets, and they're better than a lot of those. But we, we wanted to give a little parody. Um, out there. So we're not saying that these brackets are better than all the other Big Ten brackets we named. We just wanted to give a little geographical um, symmetry there. So now go ahead, Willie. I'm going to stop and let you make your point. Oh, I was trying to explain the show. You were barking like a lap dog. Uh, so now we're moving on to the most interesting weights. And for me, the most interesting weight, I don't, it's part uh, because of the dynamics of the weight in part because I love 125, and for me, 125 Big Ten is very dynamic. It's good. Um, for me, I'm just, I just want to see Jesse. I want to see what he does against people not Allen Waters and not unranked 25-pounders that aren't going to qualify for NCAAs. Like he's- Do you think at this stage of the game, here? okay, here's the seeds. Gilman, Delgado, Tomasello, Lambert, Conaway, Utsi, Garrison White, Luke Welch. Uh-huh. Now, Luke Welch is a guy that Delgado beat like uh, 3-1 or something like that. Right. Um, so, 
your quarters would be White. Gilman versus Welch, mm -hmm. Delgado versus White, Tomasello versus Utsi, Lambert Conaway. Uh, the only one that's not go, go to chalk there is Conaway. It's going to beat Lambert, in my opinion. Conaway is going to beat Lambert. Yeah. Well, they they hit at the scuffle. Uh, I think those two. That's possible. Um, I they, I just think Conaway's better. Um, you know he did lose. To, yeah, he did lose to Lambert there, but I think Conaway's better. Could be wrong. Okay, now. What is your the semi would be assuming seeds hold. What would go down? Um, so all Jesse, all Jesse has to do to get to the Big Ten semifinals. Well, we really should talk about why he got the two seed. But all Delgado has to do to get to the semifinals is beat Garrison White. He does that. He has Nathan Tomasello. At this stage of the game, how do you see that going? I've been uh, ready to bury Jesse for some time now. Now part of me is wondering, is he going to be a little bit different this time around? Is he Was he just kind of holding back earlier, and now we're going to see him not as good as he once was, but maybe he can be. I think he's clearly going to make the semis, in my opinion. I don't see any scenario he loses to Garrison White, uh, barring his shoulder completely ripping out. Um, and Tomasello, what do you think? We think Nathan Tomasello, you think, High volume shooter. Is he going to shoot himself out of the match? Is he going to get his legs passed like crazy? Um, I mean, he can pass a double leg. He can pass a, a high crotch. He can pass any leg attack you get. Um, and now I will credit Tomasello as a quick finisher, but is he just going to keep getting in the legs and then just get out schemed a little bit there? Well, the thing that we've been saying is, and and we beat it to death a couple weeks ago when we were assessing Jesse Delgado, is that um, his offense may be limited because of that shoulder deal, but you still got to take the guy down. Yeah. And that's – he is he the toughest guy to take down in the country maybe? Uh, or the toughest guy to finish on? Yeah, probably. Probably. Actually, it's funny. You don't think of him like that. Even though he is so hard to take down, you think of I, like – Yeah, I guess I don't. I mean, I think of him – First thing I think of Jesse Delgado is leg passes. Yet, in my mind, I don't think. I mean, he can't if, give up if a take you're, if, I don't know. Maybe you have to, maybe you have to rewind and like be a a, a novice fan. If you watch, if you if you never watched wrestling before and you watched Delgado versus Nation Garrett, who won that match? I mean, Nation was it. Nation was in like crazy. Just can't finish. Yeah. Well, and and. and you know, and Jesse did finish. He got in on a single and finished it. So, I mean, Jesse was better. Um, so, I don't know. I've, part of me wonders, like, man, is Jesse just going to do it again? Is he going to make the finals here? But he lost to Gilman last year healthy at Midlands uh, on a weird kind of um, – he tried to pass a leg and was underneath and gave up, like, two really quick near fall, and that was the match. So, I, I don't know, man. Part of me was ready to bury Jesse. Now I'm like, maybe he's just going to win it and just find out – Find a way to win a different way. What do you think? Uh, it's really tough for me um, to see Tomasello not finishing at least one takedown. I mean, he's going to come nonstop, seven minutes, be a warrior. Um, I don't know where Jesse unless, – unless he passes a leg and gets a counter takedown – 
Um, I don't know. I just think going in, all things considered, Tomasella right now would be my pick. Pick over Delgado or for the whole thing? Over Delgado. And yeah. I don't know what uh, – if he beats Delgado, I don't know what the hell happened with him and Gilman. That's uh, – who knows? Uh, it's, it's like those two wrestlers like watching paint dry lately. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I was surprised at their match. But, yeah, okay. Um, I think we've talked enough about this. I, I think Gilman's a safe pick, but you can't feel uh, a guy that that uh, against the best of the best struggles to get off leg attacks. You can't feel super confident in in picking him. I'll say that. Okay, so that's my most interesting weight. Maybe not the deepest, but most interesting. What uh, do you have one? There are two that I just I really want to see for just fascination standpoint. One. Uh, 157 at Big Tens, my lord. Imar, Ness, and Green. Um, that's crazy. So we're going to have a Ness, Ness Green semi, potentially. And, um, you know, I part of me feels like Green hasn't really looked himself much this year, but I'm ready for him to come out. And Ness has been struggling a little bit. I've, I feel like Green's going to get him there. Um, what do you think? Um, who knows? I mean, yeah. I'm... I'm really high on uh, Dylan S. I've been like the one guy on planet Earth that's been a uh, uh, Dylan S. naysayer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a junker. He don't have it. He he weasels his way out of stuff. And this whole season, I've been completely 180 degrees. I think I think Ness has it figured out. Um, that he lost to. Real Budo doesn't change much, in my opinion. Um, came down to a scramble, basically. Uh, and, but, you know, when, when Green wrestles Ness, who knows what's going to happen. Um, we've already saw Martinez Green, which was just odd, in my opinion. That whole match was odd. And so, I don't know, maybe Green... Green I feel like he's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I, I don't know why. I just do. And, and but he I, like he has like letdowns, I feel like. Mm-hmm. For being so elite, he's also he's one of the most el- elite inconsistent guys if that makes any sense. Uh in, in my opinion. Um and so as you know, I don't I don't want to say I'm a f- fan of Nebraska, but I I am. You know, I would like to see Green do well, but I also I would like pay money. I would like pay a lot of money to see Martinez wrestle Ness. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's a showstopper, one hundred percent. So it falls off after those three, though. I mean, we have Brian Murphy as the four. Um, that again, maybe 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 didn't rise to the level that we thought he would after last year's season. You have. Doug Welch, who has put up some big wins, but has been inconsistent. Then, then Demas. So the the quarters would go. Uh, Imar versus the winner of Parati and Fry. Uh, mm. It's it's if you didn't know already, it's Luke Fry in there, not Dylan Alton, not anybody else for Penn State. So Parati wrestles Luke Fry. The winner gets Isaiah Martinez in the quarters. Uh, Dylan Ness will have Mike Kelly. James Green will have Demas and Murphy and Welch. Yeah. Um. I think it's just interesting. That semi, the bottom semi, and then the final are what interests me about this way, and not much else beyond that. I mean, it's just such are you a, gonna such take, a uh, are you gonna put out any definitive um, pick yeah. there? Yes, I'm gonna be so definitive here. 
if Green, uh, if Green beats Ness, he beats Imar. If okay. if Ness wins, Imar's taking it. Okay. Okay. So I like it. I like it. That's how I feel. I like now. It. What? Okay. My second, my second uh, most interesting bracket of the weekend, um, and again a little bias, but it's one fifty seven EIWA. Uh, I like. First of all, the real Budo Minotti match was awesome mm-hmm. earlier in the year. And then you got uh, Scheidel in there. Who else we got in there? Oh, okay. you got Stoudenmeyer, who's been pretty solid for Brown. Um, who else you got? You got Boyle from American. Russell Parsons has been nice. Scheidel. Parsons, yes. Yeah. Love it. And Blanco kind of rounds out the the – the contenders there. So it's, they have seven qualifiers from that, which is quite a bit. Um, but for me, all right. So last, last year I came into it. I was like, man, I can't wait to watch Brian Rilbuto at EIWAs because I was there. And then he loses to Scheidel. So you want to talk about someone who's had letdown matches. However, um, and even this year he did have some cause he lost to Alton. He lost to Jason off. He's, he was O for Penn state. Um, and then he lost to last year. He lost to Parati and Scheidel uh, probably twice actually. So he can look amazing. See Dylan Ness match. See Derek St. John ma- match last year. And he can have letdown matches. So it's for me, are we going to get that Brian Rubito? Is he now a different guy? Is he someone who he's not going to drop those matches anymore? And I'm inclined to say yes. What do you think? You're inclined to say yes. What? That he oh, will? That he's going to. He's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's not going to have those letdowns anymore. I mean, he'll lose matches, maybe, but he's not going to. He's beyond the Minotti's. I'm sorry, Willie. Uh, I I feel that I feel that way right now. I feel like he's beyond this weight. I don't think. Uh, I can see where. I can see where. I, I mean, if he beats Minotti, it's, I mean, it's not a shocker to me. Well, right. I'm, yeah, but I'm saying, I see where you're going with the. I'm see where you're going with the. Robuto has reached the level of he will not lose to guys he's not supposed to anymore. I can see where you're saying that, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't quite know if he's there yet. Maybe it's on the cusp of it. We'll see this weekend, right? If he runs a table at EIWAs, maybe you say that. Maybe you say Robuto is consistent now. Yeah, and maybe that's the point I wanted to make. That I feel like. If Brian Rubito is going to be that guy, it's, he'll show it right now. And if he's not, we'll know. We'll, we'll kind of know one way or the other, like kind of where he's at. Because I chalk up the Southern scuffle, the way I rationalize his scuffle. Um, you know, first time back from the brutal knee injury at it, NCAAs, and that's you get dropped into the scuffle. What? I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, you lose, but who do you lose to? Jason Nolf's going to be a title contender next year. Bank it. And Dylan Alton was good when he had a fully functioning body. And, and unfortunately, Dylan's body just didn't hold up for him, and he's not going to be in the postseason. But that doesn't make that a horrible loss, but it's a not a loss you would expect now, even against Jason Nolf. So um, I think I, I think Rubito's right there now, and um, I think he's that title contending tier that's, that's not going to fall. But even James Green's a title contender, and, We've seen him the last two years lose matches we thought wouldn't happen. So maybe. Okay, so your final one, your final most interesting bracket that you picked, I, I think it might be the best of all the, the three previous ones we've mentioned, is, drumroll, Big Ten, 149. Now, you may say, really? 
Sertzis, Sorensen, that's going to be kind of um, – those are going to be snoozers, right? Well, maybe. But I think the, the team implications because of this weight in this conference are tremendous, okay? If Sorensen's that dude, um, he's going to get first or second here, right? Like if, if Iowa's going to get real, real, real points like they're expecting from him, he needs to do well here again. Um, but Hunter Steber at this weight I think is, is so big. First of all – He's not one of the seven. He has to place top seven, um, and he's not one of the technical guys that qualified one of those spots, so he's going to have to do that, which I <clears> fully <throat> expect him to do. Second, um, if he – I mean, this may sound crazy, but if he wins Big Tens, all of a sudden um, the the reports of Ohio State's death have been um, – what, what, how's that saying go? However that saying goes, Ohio State's back in the pit, in the picture, <laughs> right? Do you like how I began that saying without knowing yeah, what I was going to say? Yeah. That's classic. Um, but my point is, if, if Steber's that guy again, the guy that I picked to win NCAA's preseason, um, then it's, it's a different story. Because what we're seeing is if you've got guys that can win titles and get two or three of them, um, like Ohio State has, shoot, they might have four, um, it, it, it'll get really, really interesting. But if he's well, if he gets fifth or sixth and he doesn't look himself, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you that this is this is why we broke. I mean, to me, this is why we broke them up into categories: best weights and most intriguing weights. Right. I agree that 149 Big Ten is one of the most intriguing weights in the country this weekend. However, I also think it's one of the it's it's not good. It's not great. I mean, it's. I think it's. I, I'm telling you, Christian, it's not good. I mean, no offense to any of these guys, but I. I it's it's going to sound like I'm hating, but I'm not hating. I think Jason Sertis was a little bit of a weak national champ. I think Brandon Sorensen a little bit of a weak number one when he was. His, but listen to this, Hunter Steber. Uh, uh, other than Hunter Steber, who miraculously got the three seed. Uh, and who has only apparently three functional appendages, um, other than him, the entire weight is it, there's nobody older than a sophomore. Yeah, it's young. Well, You're telling me that in the Big Ten, the conference of conferences, that not one team has developed a junior or a senior has has emerged to become the guy. It's just to me, it's it's. Um, that's kind of crazy. It's down. I mean, Steber, Steber's a junior, but um, that's yeah. what I said. Besides him, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're 100 percent right, and it's you're, what you're complaining about isn't the Big Ten. It's the weight in general. Look at oh, these yeah. other. No. The, it's yeah. a weak weight, and it's a weak year, um, relatively speaking. It's a down year for talent, and um, it's cyclical, and it's going to come back. And these young guys are going to develop into absolute monsters. Um, but yeah, it's it's weak, and yet it's still far and away the deepest conference uh, at 149. So, um, which speaks to my point from right. earlier, I guess. But Sorensen, freshman, Sertz is sophomore, Stevers a junior, Theobald uh, sophomore, Pantaleo freshman, Bites I think a redshirt sophomore, sophomore. Ar- Arthur sophomore, and Lubeck is an eight seed, and I think he's. Who knows? I could be. He's I not, think he's a sophomore. He's not really but, in the mix, but. But whatever the case may be. Um, that's the Big Ten this year. There's no junior that's really, I mean, other than Steber, who's wrestled like three matches. Now, let's talk about this real quick. We only got a couple seconds, but um, 
how does Steber get the three seed? And, and you know, I guess the coaches, right, they talk about this. They come up with the seeds, right? But he gets the sixth seed who is Bites, who is the only guy he's beaten this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really – well, first of all, I said this on Twitter. I take – I find consolation consolation in the fact that they also struggled with what to do with Jesse Delgado and Hunter Steber because I still have Jesse ranked second in the country, um, and I still have Steber ranked you know pretty high as well because they haven't shown you they're not really their elite selves. All Jesse Delgado's done is lose to the fifth best guy in the country at anyway, and all Steber's done is lose to the no- former number one guy in Sorensen and um, Drake Howdeshell. So it's like, you, you, what do you do with them? So I, I don't know what the criteria is, but if they look at things like I do, which apparently they might, um, I guess that's how you get – you look a lot. There's heavy weight on what you've done in the past. And uh, honestly, if, if I'd have seen Jesse as like a six and Hunter as a you know seven seed, whatever, uh, I wouldn't have complained or said this is ridiculous. No. Because that no. – Especially with the dynamic, within the dynamics of the weight class. Yeah. Um, I, I just – I think I do things a little bit differently, and I don't expect seating to really align with how with my processes natu- right. naturally. But they they seem to here, and um, for, for what reason I'm not exactly sure. But um, all yeah. right, well let's let's talk. About, those are those are our big things to watch out for for the weekend. And um, we said uh, that we what's coming ahead. We said we'd have Jake Herbert on. On Thursday, unfortunately, we're not going to have um, him on Thursday because we have to travel. Uh, but we'll talk about we'll talk with him next week about his big FPL five match with Ed Ruth, who my girlfriend said is going to be all Ed Ruth. So uh, we'll take we'll get Jake's take on that. And you then girlfriend, uh, well, we got to talk yeah, about this. Of... Let's wrap it up. We got to get to the juice here. <laughs> so, uh, but before that, Monday. Is it Monday? Are we going to all be back by Monday? I'll be back Monday. All right. So the next show that we do, Flow Radio Live, will be monstrous. We'll oh my gosh. cover all the conference tournaments and talk about the implications and, and assess what we saw with our own two eyes and talk about the implications for NCAAs. And then the following show, um, more NCAA action. And we will have Jake Herbert on. Uh, thank you, CP. Yep, thank you. Hey, watch EIWAs Friday and Saturday. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, guys.